Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Heyo! It has been way too long since we have done a client testimonial podcast episode. So I'm whipping one out for you today, and it is going to be such a treat for your ears. I had the pleasure of interviewing my one-on-one rock star, Madalena. Madalena started one-on-one nutrition coaching in March. That's right. When the world exploded, this amazing woman said, you know what? I'm not sure what the future holds, but I am sure that I want to learn how to prioritize myself and my health. And even though there may be things I can't control looking ahead, I can control my nutrition strategy. And she has gone on to do exactly that. I won't give you any spoilers because she shares so many amazing parts of her story, the progress she's seen, why she started nutrition coaching in the first place, the challenges that she overcame through throughout her journey and the advice that she would give you tuning in to this podcast episode right now. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn from a woman who is an amazing mother, an amazing entrepreneur and career woman, an amazing wife, super busy wearing multiple hats, just like you, who is reaching her big, powerful goals. This past year, she has created an amazing relationship with food. She has committed to powerfully nourishing her body and working on her fitness regimen, her stress management strategy, and her self-care tactics. This woman is doing it all, and if she can, I'm willing to bet that you can too. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what rock star Madalena has to say. Before we get to the fun stuff, Madalena, I would just love for you to take a minute to introduce yourself and tell everybody listening or watching who you are, where you are, um, and how long have you been nutrition coaching? Yeah, so my name is Madalena Sanchez Zampalo. I uh, live in Southern California in Orange County. So if anybody's familiar with Southern California, that's about 45 minutes outside of Los Angeles, about an hour and a half to two hours north of San Diego. Um, Let's see. I am a translator and a small business owner. Um, I work full-time for myself, which I've been doing for, I think, since like 2008 or nine. So I'm kind of used to this whole, you know, work from home thing, which I think a lot of people had to adjust to this year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I started nutrition coaching with you in March of this year, March 2020. Which I was, was thinking about it before we hopped on, and I was like, I think we're in month seven, but I kind of have to work my yeah. way back. <laughs> yeah, I think we've completed at least six months, but it's funny because everything this year is marked by March 2020 because of the, the pandemic, I think. 
it's almost like, has it been one month or a thousand months since then? Like it's hard to keep track. I know. Yeah. It all blends together. Madalena, tell us why you initially invested in nutrition coaching. So back in March, what was it that you were looking to change, improve, work on? What was your goal? Um, so I have, I had had, um, like a few years where I just didn't kind of feel like myself. Uh, I had my daughter at the end of 2016. Yes. And then a lot of 2017 was very, um, like, uh, like emotionally stressful for me. I was a new mother, which I think if anybody ever remembers those days, it's, you just kind of like, I know I'm doing the right thing, but sometimes you just don't know. You don't, you're not sure if, if you're doing all the right things. And, and I'm also a business owner. So I felt like there was always something being neglected. Um, but I never really thought about the fact that I was probably neglecting myself too in this process, you know, and I didn't see that right away anyway, but also that year, 2017, my mom passed away. So there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, and, and physically, I just never felt like myself again after I had my daughter, which I was like, I don't think this is how it's supposed to be, you know, but you, you see like moms that are kind of making it all look quite easy when like they're, you know, dealing with, um, you know, kind of returning to their pre-pregnant selves or something a few years later, you know, um, or dealing with their, their many different um, responsibilities and stuff. And I just always felt tired and really like I've, I've always been a very athletic and active person my whole life. Um, and I couldn't do a lot of the things that I wanted to do. And I'm not talking like right after you have a baby, because that there's a time period where you should just like chill out for a while. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Cause you have other priorities, but I mean, this was like two and three years later, my daughter's about to turn four at the end of this year. And I was like, this doesn't just doesn't seem right. I'm always tired. I'm eating well, but I'm, I just don't feel like the energy that I used to have. And there's, I mean, yes, you could say there's a little bit to do with like having a small child. Fine. Right. But this felt kind of extreme to me. And so I had been to my doctor, let's see, a few times um, since I'd had her several times, I guess, but I was the type of person my whole life who like never had to go to the doctor for anything. Like I never missed a day of school kind of a thing, you know, like I was never sick. And when I had her at the very end of my pregnancy, I, I ended up with, um, what they called pregnancy induced hypertension. So if anybody's listening to this and they're like, well, was it just, you know, um, uh, preeclampsia? They, I didn't have any signs of preeclampsia. It was just at the end, my blood pressure just shot up. And so there was a kind of a scary period after I had her because I was, uh, it never went back down for like six weeks, which felt like in reality felt like six months, but it wasn't, it was a very short time. But you know, when you're just getting used to being a new mom, you're just like, everything feels exaggerated. And I was like, I don't want to be on medication. Like I've never been on anything, you know? Um, Anyway, ended up going down by itself enough to the point where they were like, we need to take you off of this or it's going to be too low. So fine. But then since then, um, anytime I have to go to the doctor for anything, it's always when I'm at the doctor, it's always high and I'm expecting it to be high. And so it's kind of like one of those things that plays with your head a little bit. You feel like you're not as healthy as you used to be. And, but I didn't actually feel good. So I would go to my doctor every once in a while just to get a regular checkup. And I felt like that was probably a good preventative thing to do just to make sure 
everything was kind of where it should be and also worried about potentially having high blood pressure, which I'd never had before, but it's in my family. Like I think it's in many people's families. Sure. And I remember my doctor was always just like, well, you know, take it at home, make sure it's, it's fine while you're at home. And I would, I would like, I have a whole log is perfect when I'm at home, but take it into her. I'm like, I just don't feel good though. I don't feel well. I don't have energy. I'm tired. I wake up tired, which was like so strange for me my whole life. I've never been that way. And I, and at one point I think I was like postpartum more than two years, maybe three. And I was like, I still have never gotten even close to back to where I was physically before I had my child being an active person. But it got to the point where I didn't even have the energy to do my regular like running, which I, I, I'm a runner. So I, I enjoy running a lot. I love exercise. I always have. And, um, I think she thought it was more like a weight thing in my head that I was like, I just want to be thinner again or something or be back, you know, what the, whatever pre-pregnancy like mindset is. And I was like, it's not really about that for me. It's more like, I don't feel healthy. I don't feel good. And I remember she said to me, like, I just don't know what to tell you. And I was like, that's not helpful. <laughs> and I was, um, so I had, finally asked her to start like testing different things. So I was like, there's something that is not right. And I kind of felt like I was kind of going crazy because I was like, there's something that's just off. And uh, that was something I did learn from my mom. She was like, always advocate for your health because nobody else is going to. And it's true. So I, I did ask and then all the blood tests, you know, they started coming back like electronically, you get the notifications and everything was perfect. And I was like, this cannot be. <laughs> And so the last test that came back was vitamin D and it came back like um, four or five days later and she sent my doctor sends me a message. She's like, okay, I can see now why you're tired. You're very deficient in vitamin D, which I was like so surprised about. I'm like, I eat well, I don't understand. Or I thought I was. And then, um, so she, anyway, I was on a supplement, like a very high supplement um, a once a week one, I think it was like 70,000 IUs or something. It was like prescription vitamin D and it went up to, you know, a, a decent amount. And so they said, okay, just take a, a daily one, but that doesn't necessarily fix. I mean, it did fix part of the reason I was so tired, but it still wasn't, you know, I still didn't feel quite right. And, uh, I think I w that was, so in March I had been doing like daily walks, I mean, sometimes I'd go twice a day because I just needed to get out of the house. I have a sort of a stressful position, not being a translator, but my, I do other work that can be stressful. And um, I was listening to your podcast and I don't remember how I came, came across it. It must've been through Instagram or something. And uh, I remember that it was an episode that had to do with something related to like when your doctor tells you like, you know, just stop eating certain things or whatever, you know, that kind of unhelpful advice when you are doing what you feel is the right thing or the healthy thing to do. And I remember you said something about, um, like when a doctor is just like, well, you know, maybe, it, maybe you just need to go on a diet or something like that or whatever. But for me, it was when my doctor said, I don't know what to tell you. Kind of like, well, I mean, I think she ended up giving me some information to some kind of uh, like um, 
class for people with diabetes to lose weight. I don't have diabetes, but uh, I mean, I was just like, I'm going to be sort of placed there because most people, if you look at me, you would never say she needs to lose weight. Like there's no, I don't look unhealthy to people, but I didn't feel good. And uh, so once my vitamin D level was back up, I was like, there's still more to this. And so I talked to my husband. I was like, I need to learn about nutrition because this is something that they just don't teach in school. They don't, at least in the United States. I mean, we didn't grow up learning about nutrition. And even like that, what is it, healthy plate thing they call it now? For us, it was the food pyramid back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, they didn't really teach that. It was just kind of like, here's a diagram, you know, do what you will with it. And yeah. And so I remember that I reached out to you and um, I was like, even though I think I'm eating the right things, I'm not sure. And, and, oh, so I had listened to a few of your episodes, but there was one about uh, how much protein you should have. That's the one where I was just like, oh my God, I'm not having nearly enough protein at all. And I was like, maybe that's part of the issue. And that's when I realized I needed to like learn more about this and that I, I knew it had something that would help me to feel better. For some reason, I just felt like it was something to do with nutrition. First of all, I love that we've come full circle. So the <laughs> podcast. Sorry. <laughs> a long story. To your journey. And here you are like being featured on an upcoming episode, sharing and hopefully will inspire others. No doubt will inspire others. Second, go mom, because she gave you great advice, right? If you do not have your own health journey, nobody else will, barring maybe your nutrition coach, but otherwise yeah. it's up to you. And I... Yes, it's frustrating. I know medical professionals have to learn a lot. They are not taught about nutrition. They have one class on nutrition. And unfortunately, the resources that are given to them are lacking. Case in point, you being directed to a diabetes class when you don't have diabetes. So it is frustrating when you feel like you're doing everything well and you were doing so much well, but you're not given individualized guidance or any guidance really when it comes to nutrition and considering that we all eat multiple times a day, you would think, come on, there has to be something beyond just your blood panel and your blood panel did, you know, raise a red flag with the vitamin D, which I know was on our radar as something we wanted to improve from day one, but yeah, Yeah. well, this is, I'm so glad that you're having the opportunity to share this because I think so many will be able to relate. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, to I think I told you this too, like I actually really like my doctor. So it was kind of like really shocking to me to even get that kind of advice or reaction from her. Um, But I have always kind of pushed her too when I've thought that something wasn't quite right. Like I remember the last time I went in, it was maybe around the time that I got the vitamin D check um, or I had to get a second one to make sure I had gone up and I, I didn't need an appointment. Cause you know, you just go back to the lab, but I made an appointment and I, I remember it was like right before everything shut down with COVID. So it was around the time probably that I contacted you too, um, a little before that. And I think she just thought I was like coming in to chat or something. And I was like, I'm just making sure everything's okay. You know, I think this is something I should probably do on a regular basis, but I don't think they're used to that. Cause I even looked up, um, what my provider, my insurance company offers for nutrition. Cause I looked to see if I could find a nutritionist and it isn't, it's really not something that's geared to people who want to just 
do better for themselves. It is for people who have like severe hypertension or diabetes or some other ailment of some sort that's preventing them from like living their daily life, I think, well, but not for people who just, you know, know that they should should try to do something to feel better in general. Like, like I, I think probably a lot of people do feel like something's off and they get their blood results back and they're like, well, everything's fine. You're in the range, you know, you're fine. But when you know something's off, I think nobody can know better than you about how you should feel. Right. And, and I, yeah. And I didn't have this preconception that I would like fit into like skinny jeans again that I had pre-pregnancy. I mean, that would be nice, but that wasn't my goal. And I think that, they just kind of assume it is everybody's goal to just, you know, like bounce back or whatever they, they say. It's not, it's not about that. 100% we live in a treatment centric culture, right? So if yes. something's wrong with you, we have a course or we have a prescription that we can give you. But what we should be doing is shifting that to a preventative focused culture because then yeah. we could avoid all the prescriptions or at least many of the prescriptions and the chronic diseases. It's yeah. funny that you bring up insurance because this is something that i often encourage clients to look into like hey call your insurance company and see if there's any loopholes we can find because i've worked with clients before where you often need a diagnosis for an insurance company to say oh sure we'll cover your first session or we'll cover your entire you know nutrition coaching and so then you know i have to communicate with a provider and say hey is there anything like can we use anything even if it's not like a diabetes diagnosis it could be but maybe it's hey she's vitamin d deficient like, do you think we could get that as yeah. an excuse to get this nutrition coaching covered? And it's so sad that we have to find those loopholes to help someone who wants to advocate for themselves and for their health. So what you're experiencing, I know you're not alone. Unfortunately, yeah. it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, I think most people's insurance doesn't cover a lot of holistic stuff. It's mostly very traditional medicine and yeah, very for general sure. stuff. So Madalena, tell us how coaching, you're six, seven months in now, tell us how coaching has helped you to reach your goals. So what has changed? Tell us about some of the outcomes that you've noticed since we started working together. Um, so I think for me, part of the reason that I was feeling tired was not just you know, lack of sense of nutrition too, or vitamin D deficiency, but also I do have kind of a high stress position that I, um, have, uh, on a daily basis to sort of remember to set certain boundaries and priorities. And, and that was something I didn't expect out of this, actually. I really just expected the nutrition side of it. So for me, the whole approach to just living a better lifestyle was something that, uh, changed a lot of things. Actually, I think I, it's, it's kind of like when you, when certain things start to fall in place, other things sort of follow. That's kind of the experience. I think that for me that I had, um, like I can tell you metric wise things that have changed too, but I think that those wouldn't have changed as much as they have if I hadn't changed certain lifestyle things like, um, you know, it's a buzzword to say self-care, but it's a, it's something that everybody really does need and it shouldn't be a buzzword, but it has become one. Um, yeah, 
I think that's just like how lifestyle change is like a cliche now, but truthfully, that's what you've done. I mean, we started talking about, Hey, how can we bring that vitamin D up? How can we make sure you're getting enough protein? We talked about all the nutrition specifics and then it turned into, Hey, I think I might want to add strength training. So how can I incorporate some more physical activity and then adjust my nutrition? So I'm properly fueled. And most recently you're right. We've been talking about how can we carve out me time for you every day before you open your email inbox? And how can we make sure that stress management is part of your self-care on a daily basis so that you can feel healthy, you know, mind and body, because you're right. It's, it's interconnected to the point where we can't separate the two. People will always get better aesthetic change, body composition change when they're taking care of themselves, even from like a mental self-care standpoint. Yeah. And I I think that, the mind is a super powerful thing. I mean, we can say that and know that, but I think when you experience it, it's something, you know, like visible. You can actually see the changes of, of changing your, either your mindset or your lifestyle that helps to your mental health in some way. I think that, that, yeah, I think that's truly helpful. And something else, I mean, I knew this before I started working with you, but I, it became obviously more clear through the process was how much stress affects everything. Like stress is really a killer. Like literally it's so bad. Uh, And we are all stressed, especially this year. But I mean, in general terms, it's sort of like the norm now, you know, if you're not like living in a high stress situation, like, are you doing enough? Are you, are you, are you getting, are you getting things done or, you know, so, um, yeah, that's been a huge shift, a huge mindset shift is to try to remove some of the stress. Um, and I guess in the, in the same sense, like some of the pressure yeah. and, and actually the things still get done that are supposed to get done. And, you know, yeah. I want to hit on something you said there for a minute. You know, we want to see the change. And when you say that, I know that 90% of the people listening are immediately thinking about the number on the scale. Well, I'm only seeing change or seeing progress if that number is going down. And that number has absolutely gone down. But we can talk about your weight loss trend because that's something else I want to tease apart a little bit because you've gotten really good at identifying how to monitor that trend without letting it control you. But how else, what other metrics do you use, Madalena, that help you to see the progress or feel the progress even outside of the scale? Because I think that's been a huge part of your journey this year. 2020 has been rough for everybody. So (laughs) stress has been through the roof and sometimes the scale doesn't always give us the, the full story. So what are some things that you rely on to tell you, Hey, my body is feeling really good this week as a result of what I'm doing, or this was an off week because we all have those two. What are, when you say see progress, what are you referring to? Um, for me, so I think about it two ways because I know that I feel better when I do certain things. So whether that means like tracking that I'm having enough water throughout the day, or if I get too busy, then I tend to drink less, right? That kind of a thing. You'll notice like your skin gets better and you just feel better. Yes, you're peeing more often, but I mean, that's actually a good way to check what you're doing too, is to know that, oh yeah, I did have to go to the bathroom a lot of times today because I drank so much water, but I feel better. So uh, one of the things I... um track with you is is my energy level and that was really important for me to watch that change or stay consistent I guess um and stay consistently high 
And it changed actually really early on, but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was not eating enough protein, but I had no idea that I wasn't. Um, I just thought, well, I eat healthy foods. I eat a ton of vegetables, you know, but it's not just always about the vegetables. Um, so let's see, there's that, there's sleep as well. Um, I never felt like I like didn't get good sleep, I guess, but I did used to feel like I would wake up still tired. And I don't feel like that anymore. So that was a big change. Um, and then uh, I guess measurements, tracking measurements and stuff has been helpful because, I mean, yeah, you want to fit into your clothes better, right? So you want to make sure that you don't have to go out and buy a whole new wardrobe. And I just, that was another thing. I didn't feel comfortable in my own clothes. And I was like, I don't want to go out and buy different sizes. I know there's something that's not right. And so that's kind of fallen into place as well. Um but yeah, just noticing different things and how they've improved. Um, but energy level for me has been a big one. I look forward to each week reading your check-in sheet. And for the past couple of months at least, it's been still 9.5. And we use a scale yeah. of 1 to 10 for everybody listening. Yeah, but It's just so confident. Like my energy level is so predictable almost at this point. Not to say you're not going to have a tired week or a low week because, you know, period week, whatever, but it's so consistent because what you're mm-hmm. doing is consistent. And I think yeah. that's been super cool to watch. Another thing I'm recalling from a not so long ago check-in, Madalena, is you had a stressful week. Mm-hmm. And one of your successes that you were celebrating is this week was really hard and it was really stressful and I was really busy, but you know what? I didn't feel controlled by food. I still felt like I made mindful choices. Whereas before I probably would have dipped back into the mindless food choice mm-hmm. kind of arena. And that was a huge win that we celebrated together. And I think tracking all of that gives yeah. you the big picture. So, okay, the scale didn't move this week, but you have all those other metrics to show you, Oh, I am making significant progress. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, that if I hadn't done this this year, I would have gone in completely the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Like I know that already, this has been a super stressful year for a variety of reasons, but I mean, just let's say the pandemic alone. <laughs> I think that you know, it's pretty normal to feel stressed and just want to go eat a whole bag of Oreos kind of a thing, you know? Um, but yeah, just realizing, no, I just need to get outside and get a walk. Like I actually do now feel like that need to fill it. Um, uh, and I, I, I can't say that I didn't feel that before, but now it's more consistent. I'm like, I just need to go outside. I just need to take a walk, get some sun, get some air rather than I want to go find something that I can just like, pop open and see how, you know, mindlessly eat it all. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. And I, I know this was one of the things that I told you about very, actually at the very beginning, I was like, I don't know if this is the time to start spending money because everything is like uncertain, you know, with the, with the pandemic. But I was like, actually now might be the best time because I don't know what's going to happen. And I knew that stress was something for me that was always really, uh, something I needed to deal with early rather than watch the effects of it like later on. Yeah. I, I don't discredit how difficult it is for people to invest in themselves this year, especially always, but this year, especially, but yeah. as a coach over the past, what has it been? Seven months since, since March, 
I truly have seen that people who have chosen to make that jump like you did, Mm -hmm. it's not that they haven't had hardships. Some of the rock stars have lost jobs. Their financial statuses have changed. Now they're homeschooling kids and they never thought that they would do that on top of working their jobs remotely. But it's all of that stress that they've learned how to navigate and all the barriers that they've learned. Hey, these are a part of my life and nutrition is always a part of my life. So I can't wait for the perfect time for the best time for the stress-free time in my coaching opinion, you are better equipped moving forward than anybody else because you've grown more resilient and stronger this year because of all those adversities. I do think I was talking to my husband about this the other day and I said, you know, we may have been stressed this year, but compared to a lot of people, we've actually got it pretty easy. Like we both have our jobs. We, our daughter is actually in school. We're not having to homeschool her. Uh, but for you know other reasons too, we've not been sick. But for me, this uh, helped a lot. I do think that the nutrition coaching helped me significantly this year because not just from a nutrition perspective, but from a lifestyle and stress perspective, I think I would be in a different position right now if it weren't you know, for that. And I think a lot of people think of nutrition, maybe like you did at the beginning, isolated a little bit in a bubble, right? Like, oh, we're going to talk about food stuff, but we know that nutrition is very connected with our emotions and our stress level and our environment. And so you've sort of been forced to navigate all those different sectors and how nutrition pertains to each of those. So it doesn't work in a silo, right? We can't just eat perfectly for a window of time or else it will always crumble and crash and burn. And I think that's been really eye-opening for a lot of people, but I'm really, I'm glad to hear you say that it's been helpful to kind of keep you grounded in a sense throughout this journey. Yeah. Madalena, we're talking about your progress and I, I want to make sure that we touch on this one piece. So you, we've used other metrics like girth measurements, which has been awesome. I just pulled up your progress update sheet here and you're down, you know, over 17 inches, which is crazy cool. But one thing that you and I had this conversation not that long ago has wildly impressed me is your a relationship with the scale because you learned very early on and, and you've lost weight throughout this process, but you've learned very early on not to rely exclusively on that metric. And you uh, used your analytical brain to really understand, oh, after a week where I go down quite a bit, the following week, I'm probably not going to. And you really quickly caught on to your body's weight loss trend. Whereas most people live and die by that number and it makes or breaks their day you have such a refreshing perspective and it's one that I wish I could like strip out of your brain and implant into other people's brains <laughs> because I really do think it's been a huge testament to the success that you've seen. But can you tell us a little bit about that? I know it's weird to explain, but how did you come about looking at or having that perspective about your weight and the changes that you see or don't see week to week? Um, yeah, so I, I definitely did start talking to you partially because I wanted to lose some weight. I mean, it wasn't like a significant amount compared to some people. I think it was probably about 15 pounds or so, but it still was something that I just didn't feel equipped to do on my own because it had been such a long time. And I'm, like I said, I'm a pretty active person that I was like, this is just not working. I don't understand. Or it would just keep going back the other way. Um, and so I think you know, seeing a little bit of progress, little by little happen, it was helpful to me to see that being consistent 
meant consistent change, even though it was at a slower pace than I would have liked, obviously. Um, everybody wants it to be fast these days. Like everything should be automatic, um, you'd think. But no, I mean, I knew that it's too easy to fluctuate up and down very quickly. Um, I did, I don't know if you remember this, but I did have a sticking point because I since I'd had my daughter had never been able to pass a certain number and I knew it wasn't about the number, but it was about this like hurdle that I always felt like I know that, you know, I have been below this weight before for quite some time. Um, but not since I'd had her and, you know, you hear things like, well, you had a baby, your body's changed and all this stuff. And yes, that's true to an extent, but like there were certain things I'm just not willing to accept. I'm like, no, there is uh, something that I think it's a lot for me, at least based on stress and, you know, thinking I was eating the right foods, not realizing I wasn't getting the proper nourishment with certain uh, macronutrients like um, uh, protein, especially, but can, you know, when you get closer to that number, even, you just realize, okay, I just need to hang on. And so, yeah, I would see some consistent but slow, obviously, um, weight loss. And then it would either stay the same or it would go up slightly. And I remember the first time it went up. I don't clearly remember it, but I'm sure that I was like, oh, that's not great. <laughs> but then, like, it does go back down. And it, honestly, like, even within a week. So, you got to, like, wonder how much of that is, like, water weight and such. So, um, but that's a consistent thing, but I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't worked with you for, you know, a certain number of months, of course, obviously. And then, um, yeah, so it's something that I've just paid attention to. And I think that the tracking of that over time was helpful to see, because I am pretty objective with, I like to see the big picture and I can look back and go, yep, that's what happened. I went down, 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 stayed the same or went up a little bit, went down, down, you know, and it's just interesting. But um, even if the scale didn't change, the girth measurements would change. So I still felt better. That was really the key. Like I just felt better. And it's not like I ever felt like, oh, I just don't have energy today. I mean, even the energy fluctuated a little bit, but not that much. I'm still hoping for that 10, by the way. (laughs) I'm still like almost there. But um, no, it it was never like uh, one of those things where I'm like, oh, I lost all this and then I gained it all back. No, because then obviously I wouldn't have been sticking to a routine of, of sorts. But yeah, I think for me, it's over time, it's become more clear that I can't let one week dictate how I'm going to feel for the, you know, the next week, because it does just fluctuate a little bit. Things change, things happen. So. And that number on the scale isn't indicative of the effort you've put in or the consistency. You can do everything right and still have a number that's up or still have a number that's the same. And so what's beautiful is that you were able to realize that. And I love that you said I had to commit to a certain amount of time before I could realize that. Cause I think that's where people yeah. up is I commit to something short term. And then because I've had success for three weeks, but on the fourth week, it went up a little bit. Forget about it. This isn't working. Jump ship. I used I to think, be that way. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people yeah. diet culture conditioning. And I think what helped is we were able to say, Hey, you added strength training. It's normal for this to be up a little bit. Hey, you took a week and had some fun with your daughter and had some more fun foods and beverages. It's totally normal that this is up a little bit, just stay consistent. Mm-hmm. And you did that. And then you, if we were putting it on a dot chart, every time it would come back down after we had the yeah. little 
dip up or the stay the same way in. So it's just been so refreshing. I feel like a lot of the time I'm talking people off the ledge of like, don't let the scale control you, please. If there's Mm -hmm. one thing I can teach you. And I feel like, and it sounds like you've struggled with it a little bit mentally, but from my perspective, you've really just absorbed how to look at the scale as one metric in the grand scheme of things. And it has not been a stumbling block for you. No, I I mean, not enough to like derail me or anything because I have noticed all the other things that have improved along the way. So, I mean, it's not, it's not what you want to see. Right. But it's also, yeah, the time makes a big difference, a huge difference. Cause then you can see over time what the pattern has been. Yeah. yeah. Time. And I think, like you said, the breadth of metrics, like even if weight didn't change, I could still see my energy going up or I could still see my growth measurements coming down. So it was telling yeah. us like, okay, well, this is saying no progress, but these things are saying progress was still made. So yeah. let me just hang out for another week and see what happens. Yeah. And, and I knew that I was doing stuff according to plan. Like, you know, according to the goals that I had set that we talked about, like try this this week. And I would just hold on to that and just keep doing it. Um, and know that, you know, it's obviously not a bad choice. So let's just keep on and see where things go. And I think that that's part of it too. And Madalena, I have your progress updates still pulled up here. We track for everybody listening, habit compliance means the most. So forget about all the numerical stuff, right? But how consistent you executed your individualized action steps means more to me and should mean more to you than anything else. Because if you're not doing the thing, if you're not executing the behaviors, we can't expect any outcomes out, right? And that totally made sense to you. So if we scroll from the day you started in March, your habit compliance has never gone below 80 and you had one 80 the rest of them are all 90 95 percent compliance so you earned your results like you are showing up for yourself so you can rest back on i'm doing the things and i'm showing up even when life is stressful and hard so yeah the outcomes are going to happen and it might not validate what i'm doing this week but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that i'm doing the wrong thing yeah and you know part of it too um I don't know if you know the four tendencies from Gretchen Rubin, but I'm an upholder. (laughs) So like, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, But even if it's for myself, I try to, to do that, Um, you know, to an extent, everybody at some point puts other people before themselves, but uh, I was spending money to have nutrition coaching. So I felt like if I'm taking this money out of my family's, you know, pocket, then I better do what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) Otherwise, like, you know, I I would feel guilty, I think, about spending the money and then like not doing, um, like not working toward the goal, if that makes any sense. Like not trying to be consistent um, and just kind of be haphazard about it or something. I had a former coach and he loved saying, we, when we pay, we pay attention. And mm-hmm. if we think about money as energy, if you're putting energy in, you're going to show up with your energy to make sure that you get the outcomes that you want. And yeah. your journey is a beautiful picture of that. I'm making this investment and it's, it's not an easy one to make. Mm-hmm. But that means that I am going to show up and I am going to get results, which is wonderful that you can say that. And not that you're at the end of your journey just yet, but you're making so much progress that I said, we have to bring you on a podcast because we, I just need to brag about you for a hot second. Everybody needs to benefit from what you've learned along the way. That being said, Madalena, I have one final question for you mm-hmm. to the woman listening who is wearing similar shoes to the shoes that you were wearing back in March. 
she's not feeling great. She doesn't feel like herself, something is off. Maybe she's not getting help from other healthcare providers or people in her family. She just doesn't know where to turn. What one piece of advice or one or two pieces of advice would you give to her? What did you need to hear in that moment? I would say to listen to yourself, make sure that you don't just, you know, take what other people tell you as the truth, because, um, you know, even people close to me would say, well, you look fine. I think you look great. And it's like, it's, that's not the point. I don't feel well. And if you don't feel well, then you don't show up well for other people. I mean, anybody who just doesn't feel well probably is not going to show up well in many areas of their life. But I, that was a big thing. Like I, I did not accept some of those things that people would just say, well, that's just how it is. You know, no, that's not, if you don't feel right, you, you then only, you know, that I think that's a really big thing. Um, and I would say, uh, that as much, this is interesting as much as and it's not just a mom thing, so I can't, I am not going to put this off on that, but there's a lot of stigma around doing things for yourself in, in our society in general, kind of like putting yourself first in any way. And I think that there's some guilt that comes with that that's just normal, like for everybody, right? You know, um, but you can invest in yourself. It doesn't always have to be, you know, something for everyone else. Uh, and you know, you probably will end up doing everybody else a favor by investing in yourself because then you'll, you'll feel better and it will show for other people. I mean, I, I know that I probably am a better spouse, mother, friend, colleague, and many other things probably because I'm taking care of myself, even though it doesn't seem that way. You're like, oh, this is selfish, you know, or something, but it's not. <laughs> and I think that's a stigma that I would really like to see change. I don't know if we'll ever see that change in our lifetimes, but I would like to see that change and stop like everything, uh, self-care being sort of a buzzword. I'll stand right next to you and set flame to that stigma because, (laughs) oh my gosh, the world would be such a better, healthier, happier place if we could empower women to take take what they need, stand up for themselves and invest in themselves so that they feel well. I'm going to write that down because I think that's going to be the title of this podcast episode. (laughs) If I feel well, I can show up well for other people. If I don't feel well, I can't. And we always use the, the cup analogy, but if you're on E, if you've got nothing in the tank, you're no good to other people, but you also aren't the person that you want to be. And at the end of the day, yes, you're a mom. Yes, you're a wife. Yes, you're an amazing career woman and entrepreneur, but you're also a woman who deserves to feel fantastic in her body. And I think sometimes we forget that and we, you know, kind of label ourselves according to the hats we wear Mm -hmm. and forget that we deserve to feel good in our bodies just as people. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Love it. I don't think we can say much more than that because that's like the icing on the cake. (laughs) So I am just going to thank you ardently, Madalena, for coming on the show and for sharing a little bit about your story. I know it requires bravery for you to share, you know, a, a piece of what you're going through and what you're learning. And so I really appreciate your vulnerability and yeah, the wisdom you. that you've imparted upon all of those listening and myself. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for asking me to come on. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. 
If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Oh, 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 oh